Welcome to Feed the Machine. This podcast is designed to allow business people to share their stories. We will not only learn what they do and how they do it, but our interviews will include topics of mindset, grit, and overcoming obstacles. Get ready. Let's turn it on. Feed the machine. Everybody, we are going to meet Neil Matthews. He's someone who I was introduced to through a friend of mine, that fellow podcaster. The show is called Other People's Shoes. And what I love about Neil's podcast is kind of similar to what Feed the Machine is. He's bringing on what you would think are everyday people, but they're so not, you know, there's not such an everyday thing about them. There's always very interesting stories, very interesting life lessons that you learn. Neil, like what, what is your life right now? Like what is a day in the life of you right now? And then where did this podcast come into fruition? So day in the life right now, uh, I jokingly say I'm kind of a bounty hunter in some respects. Uh, I work for a Fortune 500 company in the collections or I don't really like that word. So I changed it to dealer relations. So when you've had a relationship, maybe break, sever, Somehow, you know, uh, something's happened with your relationship with our dealerships. I kind of come in and maybe mend that fence mm-hmm. to hopefully help restore, you know, said relationship. So that's that's the eight to five, or as I like to say, seven to four, because those are my hours. And uh, doing this on a lunch break for those that may be watching that know me personally. Um, but uh, but you know, that's that's what I do. You know, that's, that's what pays the bills. That's what turns these lights on in, in, in my personal home. But as far as a podcast, you know, kind of Genesis or, or, or beginnings of that, that really probably needs to go to my wife. She, uh, she came to me one day, uh, I had stepped away from some stuff at church. I'm, I'm a pretty, uh, faithful guy to Jesus, love him with all my heart, but something happened at our church where there was a shift and a, an alignment change in our leadership structure in the youth ministry specifically, which would, I was, which I was a part of. And I didn't like the change. I didn't want to line up. Right. I'm not a good soldier sometimes. Like, I'm like, no, we need to do it this way. And they're like, we're going to do it this way. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, this is, this is the right way. And they're like, you can go somewhere else if you want. So, you know, that took some humility, right. To admit that, that, uh, that I had to step away and, and my daughter being 13 and growing up and, and now being a part of the youth ministry, it made it a little easier to step away. But in that process of stepping away, my wife's like, you have this void now. And uh, I think you need to find something to do, find a passion. And she said, what, what about starting a podcast? And I had no idea what a podcast was. I don't even think to date I had really listened to a podcast. And this is roughly about two years ago, almost three years ago now. And uh, so anyway, so I, I thought, I don't even know how to start. She said, you're pretty smart. You're pretty tech savvy. Go figure it out. And so I did, you know, I found out what mic to buy, what to record, how to record, all that stuff, how to get guests, how to, you know, and I think it's an ever-growing process of how to do it better. Um, but that's kind of how it started and, and where it all kind of comes from. So really my brilliant wife and amazing, beautiful woman that she has said, you need a project and, and this became the project. So there's two things here. We're going to go, we're going to play ping pong a little bit, right? All right what, I knew it was a spiritual podcast because faith comes up routinely. And I know Sean McCoy, who's our mutual friend, his podcast, which is very Christian. You look at the people he's bringing on. Christianity is not a requirement to sit in the chair, right? It's right. Like, 
Right. Like to sit at the table. Yeah, absolutely. To mm-hmm. sit at the table. Right. But here you are, I would have, you know, I imagine just from, from the episodes that I've heard and from our conversation, you're a very empathetic soul, right? You're someone who you yeah. almost admire some of these interviews, the vulnerability where people might be sharing something very personal. You're a, a voice of encouragement, a voice of, um, we all can't be perfect, right? So these experiences are, are divine regardless of being right or wrong or whatever they are for these guests you being in this collection business which sometimes you call somebody they can't pay a bill because they can't it's like hey i would love to but i can't right and and there's other people who just won't and and i would imagine that part of your there is there is there a a nudge that you get through this position and and what do you find? Is there joy in this position for you? Well, I, I think for me personally, and, and first off, uh, Sean is great and amazing. And, you know, I know he's not actively recording, you know, come to the table, but it would be worth a listen to for those that, that may wonder about it. Uh, he does a fantastic job and continues to do a fantastic job. So I just want to you know, give credit where credit's due. Um, him and I are, are very much, he says, chewing the same dirt, which I don't get. I guess that's a Texas thing. I don't, I don't really understand that. But uh, but nonetheless, he, he does a great show and puts out a great show and, and has for a long time. So I know he's not actively, you know, recording, but still some great, amazing episodes to go check out. So with all that said, um, yeah, I think part of it for me, there is always an element of knowing the why or wanting to know the why, right? So if, you know, as an example, Warren, if I was calling you and you owed my company money, I would want to know the why you can't pay that. Like, tell me the why, like, give me your story. And in that I usually, which I I don't think this is a Neil ability. I don't think it's a trained ability, but I usually can kind of, kind of flip the conversation to get something because I might not get my full money of what I'm looking for, but I usually can get something. So my, my shtick, if you will, so I'm kind of tipping my hand of, of what I use as a collector. So maybe this would be helpful for somebody that is in maybe in that situation where they're having collection people call is, is I would say, don't, if you don't have it all, like as an example, let's just pick a number 1500. That seems to be a lot of money these days, right? So, okay. You don't have your 1500. My response to you is always going to be awesome. What can you do? And then I shut up. So I think in that there's some empathy there, right? I heard your story. I heard your plight. I heard your situation, whatever it may be. And I go, Oh man, that really sucks that you're walking through that man. That really sucks that that's happening to you, man. I'm, I'm really sorry that you're dealing with that, but, but tell me something, what can you do? And then I stop and let that pause hang in the air. And undoubtedly somebody will say, well, I can't do that, but I can do this. Would you mm-hmm. take and my response is always absolutely yes. That's a step. Let's let's do that. Let's build on that. So I think that's where that empathy piece comes in. And then of course I think it's just a transition naturally over to other people's shoes. So let's get into this a little bit. You've been doing this. I know you. I, I don't know if you hit your 100 episodes or you just. Did. Hit yeah, I, I we're now at 115 since we talked. Uh, you will actually I think be 114. You're going to be coming out in like two weeks here. So I can't wait to walk in those uh, retired Jordans as I'm calling them and there's oh, that. that. So we'll just leave that alone. But uh, yeah, I can't wait for that. Congratulations, by the way, hundred episodes. I admire that people don't realize that I'm assuming it's the same for you as 
this is a passion project. It's like we have we have these everyday lives, but there's this thing where where life is fun is where you're connecting and you're learning. And I've learned so much in just the episodes I've done. I, I'm nowhere near you. But when you think back about this last year, two years, what episodes have you continually kind of come to the front of your mind when people acknowledge your podcast or just really your wow moments where you knew you were really contributing to people that might be suffering, might, people that just might need to know that that we're not alone. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question and a hard question all at the same time because you know I, I'm pretty fortunate. I have one kid, right? So you know when someone asks, "Well, who's your favorite kid?" It's 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 really easy. It's it's my daughter. She's the only one, right? But when it comes to episodes, it's a little different because there's now 115 roughly of them, and so it, it's always a hard question to answer. But I but I loved how you phrased that. And I can't, and I'm not even going to do it justice in trying to repeat what you said, but it was really good how you phrased that. And I might actually listen back and steal that because <laughs> it was really good. Um, but I think what I heard you say in that is, is those voices that really kind of made a, made an impact that resonated with me. Did I get that right? And kind of almost a ripple effect, which I really loved. So th- there's a, there's obviously a plethora, but one that, that, that probably spoke to me the most in, and probably impacted me the most. There's, there's actually two. Um, I got to sit down with a former cross country coach from high school and uh, it's called uh, I am a mother. If you want to go listen to that. And uh, she lost her daughter to suicide and they've dedicated now uh, since her daughter's passing, they've created a run, uh, a, a a race, a running race around her daughter's memory. And it's called run with grace which was her daughter's name. And uh, not only did I get to interview the mom, whose name is Susan, but I got to also, you know, kind of partner with them. We gave away race entry and a sweatshirt and some kind of cool swag for the race because they've, you know, done all that. Uh, but I was walking upstairs the day of the race and I, and I, you know, I'm in my race mode, right? I don't know those that are runners, you know what I mean? If you don't run, hopefully you can follow me. But um but I'm walking up the stairs to, to the event where it was, you know, taking place. And I, there's two ladies are in front of me and they're weeping. Like they're just weeping. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be a little nosy. I'm going to kind of eavesdrop here. I'm sure we've all done that a time or two. And so as I'm eavesdropping, I'm hearing them talking about the episode of, of what I had mm. created and they're sharing with each other. Like, I can't believe Susan shared that. I can't believe this took place, man. That guy that interviewed them, he was so delicate. He was so kind, right? All this stuff. And, and, you know, from a podcaster, like that's like a dream come true. That's like the the super bowl or the pinnacle or whatever we want as, as, as a host. Right. I mean, we're, I'm just in basking in the glow of what is being, you know, shared. And so undoubtedly I, I read the moment. I, I'm so embarrassed to admit this, but I wrecked the moment because as they're sharing, you know, going back and forth, like I'm not privy to the conversation. Again, I'm eavesdropping. I'm in the periphery, right? But these ladies then say, as I, as I kind of interject, I say, oh, I said, forgive me for my intrusion. I said, but what are you guys discussing? I think I know, but I just, you know, do you mind? And this lady, again, tears in her eyes, streaming out her face. She says, you don't know? And I said, no, please tell me. And she said, Susan did do you know Susan first? I said, Oh yeah, I know. She's my cross country coach, you know, gave some background. And I said, Oh yeah, I know her. And, and she said, she was on this, she was on this amazing podcast. You should go listen to it. I said, Oh, 
tell, tell me more about this podcast. Again, I'm so embarrassed by wait, this story. But you never, oh wait, well, so far I'm a little disturbed that you didn't, uh, you, so far you haven't told them your identity. Oh, I have not shared my identity, right? I have not. So again, I'm just a dude, you know, interested in their conversation. So yeah, I have not shared with them who I am. And so anyway, so just to fast forward for, for time's sake, um, you know, they start sharing with me the elements that they had just shared with each other, kind of regurgitating everything, which again, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm basking in the glow again. It's so great. Right. And which is totally a peacock moment. Like these are all peacock moments right now. Like I'm trying to hold down my excitement of telling them who I am. And finally, the other lady who, again, they're kind of going back and forth. And the other lady then says, wait a second, say something. And I was like, what do you mean? And I, I must have said something that triggered her because she goes, you're that guy. You're, you're the host. And I said, I am. And I said, and let me tell you, ladies, as a host of a podcast, like this has never happened to me. I've never had an opportunity to really hear from a listener what they liked, what they valued, what they appreciated. This has never happened to me on this level. Well, so that's the end of the story. I did reveal myself, but yeah. No, it's great because here's the thing is the way I describe these episodes, right? There is something therapeutic about having a meaningful conversation and knowing that it's going on the books versus just poof, gone. The idea, and this goes to really some kind of weird stuff that are that is faith related, but there's this feeling of responsibility a lot of people are weighted down with of you need to make your own path like you need to make things happen you need to interact with everybody to make magic happen and when you come from us from the avenue of faith going back to these ladies that are there having an emotional feeling of their own and having their own spirit evolve from listening to something that they weren't privy, they wouldn't be privy unless they were in that room. It's the podcast that made some an interaction happen that needed to happen because I think we all love that feel, like when it, whether it's loss or love or whatever, that emotional feeling of being moved, I think is extremely healthy for everybody. And whether it's tears of joy or tears of sorrow, there's always a release of some kind. And so going back to the therapeutic part of this, I do think that you having that chance to know that somebody digested it and not only was this therapeutic for your guest, but then people that love her are getting a new understanding. And so this is where I will kind of finish, which is this going back to that responsibility and that feeling that you've got to make everything happen. What if things are working out for you, even when you're not the one pushing the button, meaning we all, when you're living as your true self, there are people that know you're a perfect fit for something. They'll make an introduction or there's people that are going, I need to make sure he sees this, or I want to introduce X to Y. And I think that's where you really realize that the universe, your sphere, your network, things are working out for you, even when you're not the one pushing the button. Yeah, I think for me, I still struggle with what you're describing because, and maybe this is some self-loathing and, and some stuff I probably need to maybe sit, lay on a couch for, or, you know, probably call a friend or phone a friend on this, but I, I really don't think I'm, I'm worthy enough of that, if that makes sense. Like, I, I just, I just don't, I, I, I just think there's, there's nothing, 
there's just nothing amazing about me that, that would draw somebody to me. You know, there's just not, um, well, think about like this. I'm going to give you a vision. Okay. Okay. Help me. Yeah. So you take the galaxy, right? The galaxy is filled with stars, right? right? Yep. Now just reverse it, make the stars bubbles of space and make okay. space the solid, right? Uh-huh. The, the, the point is, is that there's this inversion of everything. So when you are just a catalyst for people to go down a road that no one has asked them and they are able to process what you consider is a, a spacious environment, a curiosity in your own self-loathing opinion, just going like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just curious, but you're creating this space that's allowing this, whether it's a spiritual evolution or a conclusion or the ability to observe oneself, that is, it, it is a thing. It can't be nothing. It's a thing. And so you're creating that environment. And then in turn, because you're taking the time to record it, to be thoughtful about what people are hearing and then distribute it and make it palatable and make it put a couple keywords so people can find it and know what the hell they're going to get. Suddenly, whether it's one listener, five listeners, whether it's today, this is the beauty, whether it's today or it's five years from now, this content is available because we don't know when we're going to lose our kid. You know, we don't know if that we are, or if we're not. And, and it goes to the fact that hearing and listening and understanding others, which is what your podcast really to me seems like a common denominator. It's providing such an incredible uh, value to the people that discover it, you know, whatever it is, there's something that drives you to do it and you feel it. And I guess I want to ask you, how do you compare this to your days in the church? Like, how do you compare Do you feel like, Hey, this is my platform. I get to be the one that can really choose what makes it and what doesn't and who's valued and who's not, or what's your takeaway? You know, I, I think for me personally, I, I guess I go back to a little bit of uh, Sean McCoy, I call it a McCoyism for those that, that are around him. You, you, you might get that, but those that don't, you, you might, that might've missed with you, but, but Sean and I sat together quite a while and have sat together for quite a while. Now we've, we've become really fast friends, but he shared with me something just so profound that it just kind of rocked me back on my heels in a lot of respects that he said, we're gathering treasures for our treasure chest. And so, you know, to me, there was, there was something kind of magical about that. Right. I mean, doesn't that sound like Sean for those that know him? I mean, you're laughing, but, but you know, that to be true of him. And to me, when he said that and put that out there to me, I thought, you know what? Yeah. And because he's even texted me, he listens pretty faithfully to my show. I don't think he listens every week, but, but pretty faithfully. And he, he'll send me a, just a quick message, which is such an encouragement, by the way. For those of you who know podcasters and you're friends with them, just shoot them a note and just be like, Hey, I listened, got something out of it, whatever. That is so monumental for that, for us that are doing yeah, this. I, I just want that to be, to be known and said, so we'll just, we'll just move on from that. But he said to me, he'll, he'll send me a, just a, just a super quick text that says something to the effect of another gem for the treasure chest. And I know exactly what he means. I know, you know, we, we're speaking the same language on that. And so for me, it's been really hard because church, I was pretty key component, pretty upfront. 
I grew up in a church that was really good about praising Neil. You talk about that peacock moment with those ladies, you know, they, they kind of ingrained in me that I was awesome and I was going to be amazing. And I was a great speaker and a great communicator and yada, 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 yada. Right. I got fed into that. And, and I'm not saying they were wrong to do that, to be clear. Like I'm really good friends with that church now, but in that moment, I think it also set me up for a little bit of a failure because I expected then everyone to do that and almost put off by the fact that if people didn't see that, didn't recognize that, then I thought, well, well, what's wrong? And then I go into this whole idea that I have to then somehow recreate that magic or that synergy and, and maybe I couldn't do it anymore. And then there's some disappointments that come with that. And something that was shared with me probably, probably roughly about five years ago, I, I ended up going to a new church where I'm currently at. And the pastor and I met for coffee and I wanted to get into speaking at church in the current church that I'm at now. And I wanted to, you know, be involved in the preaching and the teaching and things of that nature. And he said, listen, Neil, he said, what if you got off of that stage today and nobody said a word to you? Nobody affirmed you. Nobody complimented you. Nobody said anything. It was just business as usual. Everybody just leaves. You get nothing. And I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, that would be really hard. And he goes, no, it wouldn't just be hard. It would wreck you it would wreck you personally. And I was like, nah, you know, nah, I wouldn't, nah, I mean, you know, and the more I thought about it, as painful it is for me to admit this openly to you and to now the world, because we're streaming, he is absolutely 100% unequivocally right. Because in that moment and in that stage of my life, that would have 100% wrecked me and probably still would on some level. But one thing podcasting has taught me I cannot be consumed by the feedback. I cannot, speaking of your podcast, feeding the machine, I cannot let that feed this machine of me, of people's praise and accolade, because they don't, they're so far and few between of people coming to me back to with a podcast. They're like, like, I don't have just tons of DMs every day, you know, every Wednesday when my show comes out every Wednesday, I don't have like DMs filling up my Instagram or, you know, people sending emails, you know, I had to beg people recently for feedback for reviews on the show, just so we could do a promotion that we were doing, you know, but But I say all that because they come few and far between. But when they do come, and they have come, they're more precious to me than than just you know somebody just trying to feed my ego or feed my machine more. You know, if that makes sense. It makes total sense, and I really appreciate it on so many levels because here it is. I look at you as this sweet person you know sweet in the in the in the manliest of ways you know thank but you sweet you're hotter and, than me let's just admit that, one. How yeah, about that? Right. you have to you'll have to check out our episode to know this internal dialogue yes, you will. yeah but the thing is is you're a kind soul you're the kind of person that whether you i feel like if if the phone rang at 1 a.m and someone had a flat tire you would be the guy that would say I'm tired and it's cold outside, but I'm going to go help this for like, you're one of the good guys. Right. And so to, to, for you to admit, if you will, that you were tethered to appreciation of others and tethered to acknowledgement and tethered to all this kind of low vibe stuff that I only say it's low vibe because I, because I think as we evolve as people, you go from being tethered to what other people's opinion of you are and to eventually going, I need to be my most most authentic self. I need to embrace my defects because it's so liberating. And suddenly in, in every episode that you, in the world of podcasting or 
whether you do video, it's never perfect. Like you're always exposing a vulnerability and you always have this thing where could someone listen to this and twist it? And when they do, is that going to ruin my career? Is that going to ruin my life? Going back to Sean McCoy, he's the one that told me, said, Warren, if somebody listens to what you said right there and converts that into that, you don't like this kind of person that's on them. They just added a whole lot of color to what you said. You said what you meant. And that's where your that's where your solidarity will come from. That's where you will not have to look over your shoulder. And so with that, I've really evolved and think that all of us, anyone listening, anyone who's on their own spiritual journey, you have to pay attention to what is driving you. Because when you get to that point where you're really following your joy, it takes you down a road that there is so much fulfillment. For sure. And, and I think in that, I, I, I by no means have arrived at that yet, you know, and, and, you know, well, it's an ongoing process, right. right? Absolutely. There's this new app. Uh, some, some people know about it. Maybe don't. Uh, there's this new app called clubhouse. It seems to be the rage around the social media circuits. Now it's, it's essentially like a chat room, but you're on a conference call. So just for those that don't know what clubhouse is, there you go. That's what it is. So anyway, I was in this room on clubhouse and they were talking about graphics and branding your podcast and all this other stuff. And so they were having people look at their Instagram to see their, you know, artwork or whatever, if you had it on your Instagram. And this guy looks at mine and he says, hey, Neil, uh, cool picture. It looks like the van sort of like, you know, I, 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 you're not associated with the show because you're not pictured in the, in the graphic. And I said, you're absolutely right. I'm not. And he said, yeah, you know, I really think, you know, if you're really going to sell your show and monetize what you do, you know, bro, you, you've got to get yourself in that graphic. And I go, um, thank you. I appreciate that feedback. Cause right. It's feedback, right? Good, bad, or whatever it's feedback. And I said, but here's the thing. Um, I don't want it to be about me. He's like, what? I was like, no, 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 no. Hear me on this. I said, my show is called other people's shoes. It's not called Neil's shoes. Yeah. Not it's about other people. It's about walking in their shoes. It's about them. It's about their shoes that we're in, not mine, yeah. theirs. But you, know what's, like, you know what's so beautiful about that is that it got, it, this is just coming to me, but good, yeah. that's, that's what it does. It's like you're, you, you as a host and making this show about others is we get to, for a moment, imagine what would we be thinking in that scenario? Exactly. And, and you're like just this, invisible question mark that's saying for all of us to relate to this and there's a growth that happens but anyway i just i you know as you were speaking i'm thinking you're right other people's shoes you're you're like i want to say massaging that sounds so stupid though but you're really massaging this information cultivating can we use cultivating is that a better word <laughs> yeah. thank you because so i don't want to I mean, I'm sure there's people out there that would probably line up, to, to, to yeah. but you know, cultivating, I like that. Yeah, or, okay. or, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. You know, that Neil, he's a real great massager of information. I, yeah. I just, I don't feel like that sells either. I'm, I don't know. Maybe, but no, I, I hear what you're saying on that. And to me, I just, I love hearing people's stories. I love, you know, sitting with them and, and walking through maybe a painful moment because I, I really do. I mean, it sounds so almost like cliche in some respects, like, 
does he really care? Like, I really do. Like I try my very best to understand, like in that moment, what, what would I have done? Yeah. You know, you share a really painful moment in your life, you know, about your modeling career and, and things like that. And I don't want to give too much of it away because I want people to go listen to it once it drops. But, but even in your story, like I really tried hard, very hard to think, what would I have done if I'd have been, you know, Warren in that moment, what would have my reaction have been, you know? And, and, and I think, you know, in some respect, you responded to probably the way I would have maybe a little differently. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it really is truly in those moments that I really sit and think, man, what would I have done? What, how would I have experienced the fact of, you know, I interviewed a lady that, you know, that, that hit somebody with her car and ended up, you know, he ended up dying. Right. She's called a caddy, which is, you know, accidental like accident or death by accident or something like that caused accident by that ended in death or something like that. And, you know, and she's a sweet, sweet girl, sweet young lady. And, and, you know, but I think to myself, what, what would I have done? And she's like praying over the dude and, you know, sobbing over him and, you know, all this stuff. And, and I just think, I don't know if I could have done that in that moment. I don't know if I would have had the forethought to start praying for this person, even though I'm a person of faith. Right. You know, and there's just been so many amazing, great stories. And, and I really honestly look, I keep looking for the more. And, and maybe that's where my, maybe my thought process is going is, I feel like in talking with people and searching with people and walking with them, I'm on my own journey too, right? Because I'm 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 a human being just like you are. And I guess in that, I'm trying to find how they found that answer to that question. Right. You talk about, you know, kind of getting away from the people pleasing mentality, right? We 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 talked about that. But that for me is still a struggle. So maybe I might have a guest that comes on that says, man, I have mastered this. This is how you do it. This is what I've done. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I can borrow a little bit from them to hopefully, you know, add that to my treasure chest, but then implement it in my life. If that, does that make sense? Because I feel like that has helped me. I mean, we, we talked, you know, yeah. you and I, when you were on with me, that it was almost like therapy in some respects. Yeah, no, it makes, it makes a, it makes a lot of sense. Because no matter what, we do care what people think. I mean, it's so hard not to, because you want to, sometimes you're just looking to know you're on the right path. You want to know that you're, I mean, look, we're in relationships, knowing that you have low regret and high acknowledgement goes a long way. And, and sharing love is really what I think this lifetime is about, is kind of getting to this, the point of letting go. And letting go is not easy. And living in the light is a discipline because it's really fun to talk about how shitty things are. Cause then you can think you manifest it. Like if we go to Costco and I just go like, we are never going to find a parking spot. Then I could just prove to you. I'll be like, see, told you, right. It's a lot riskier to say, I bet we're going to get the perfect spot near the front, you know, but it's, how do you want to live? I mean, it's the same, it's the same parking lot either way. So might as well choose to have a, a good one. And going back to this idea of evolving, I just have an interesting thought that I want you to reflect on. All right, but I'm ready as you As you evolve, right? Okay. So here you are, uh, you could be in a congregation, you could have 10 friends that are your friends. But if your vibration, meaning your knowingness, your faith, your, your ability to understand this higher level of living where you're more in tune with the spirit or whatnot. What if that does trigger some sort of loss because you suddenly start seeing these characters that you used to consider your 
posse or your, or, you know, your friends or whatever, you're now seeing those kind of go to the wayside and you have to let go in order for this new, uh, higher vibration group of people to come into your life. Do you think there's something to that? Uh, yes and no. So here's where I'm at is, no, I say this exactly. I, I struggle with, I struggle with friendship. Okay. So I struggle with, you know, even being real with people face to face. And I think part of that is because I know myself, I know the things that I've done, the things, the ugly things in my life, if you will. And so I think, man, if this person, we'll call him Zach, just so we have a placeholder of a name. If Zach really knew what is inside Neil's heart, the, the deep part of Neil's heart, Zach is going to want to have nothing to do with me. And so for me, I'm very almost hypersensitive who I allow in because I'm so afraid that once they get in and they get beyond the wall, they get beyond the curtain, whatever it may be, the defense systems, if you will, of my life, that they're going to again, see me in my real raw nakedness of my life and go, Oh my God, I want nothing to do with you. Right. And, and maybe that's why not, not making it about Sean McCoy. Cause he's really going to be like, Oh yeah. He's going to be like, these guys could not stop talking about like me. Seriously. Like everybody who's listening is like, I got to meet this Sean McCoy guy. Like yeah. why are you guys talking about? It's only because Warren and I have a mutual friend in him, but, but even in Sean, right. It's so easy to be just using Sean as an example. It's so easy to be friends with Sean because I don't see him on the daily. Right. Mm. He's in Texas. I'm in Oregon. Right. It's easy to almost put up this fake front, this fake facade, this fake, like everything's cool, Sean. Like we're great. We're buds, we're whatever, but I don't see him on the daily. Right. Yeah. So it's easy to do that. So my struggle has always been, and probably will be, and I'm working through that of being more real and authentic again, not that I'm not, cause I, I think I am very yeah. real and authentic, but, but I think, to, to let others that are really in my life on a daily in to say, welcome into my world. Listen, I, I am, I got some ugliness to me. I'm, I'm kind of a little bit of an ugly duckling to steal from you a little bit, you know, accept me for who I am. And if they don't, then I probably have to not spend any more energy than I can on them. And I guess maybe that's why Sean and I have become quick friends is because we are, we have similar interests minus, you know, the fact that he doesn't love North Carolina, but we're working on that. We're working yeah, on right. Right, we're working on that. But outside of that, like we have similar connections. We have similar thought process. He's way more brilliant than I am. But all that aside, it's easy to be friends with somebody like that. But my wife is always reminding me, it's great that you're friends with him, but you need somebody on the daily that you can really pour into and really be friends with. And so that's been my mission of late, especially now coming out of COVID, which is stupid to say, but, but I really want to find more real guy, authentic friendships. Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question, but that's where my thought process went when you said that. You know, we all have the, these inner thoughts about how people perceive us and us being on the, like, maybe we're outsiders, you know, or you feel, that's why speaking of sports, like anywhere I go where people, like, I used to travel all over the country with my, with my venture capital position and I would go around and anytime someone knew I was from Texas, they would say Cowboys, right? And like, I'm not, I, yes, I'm from Texas, but I'm not 
not only am I not a Cowboys fan, but I don't even watch really football. I don't watch sports. So I don't know what the hell is going on. It must feel so great to be wearing the same jacket as like a hundred other people. Like what if the only way some men know how to bond with other men is to like celebrate this miniature battle going out on the football field, you know, like, Hey, now that we made a touchdown, I'm going to hug you, my friend. Like, like you got to have some trigger, but I don't know. I, you know, we're all on the mission. I like, you know, I love watching YouTube videos of like talking about affirmation. You get a lot, there's a lot of content out there about people having an undercurrent feeling of not being enough, not being lovable. And, you know, you have these voices in your head, but there's other people that have voices in their head that are going like, you're a beast. You're the best. You kick ass. And even David Goggins or Groggins or whoever the guy is that's broken all these push-up, pull-up, you know, world records. He's like, look, you have to design an alter ego because you need an alter ego to go out there and do the hard stuff, you know? And so I don't know. I don't, if I knew the answer, I would tell you, but I do know that everyone conscientious of it or not, you know, we're all on our own journey. And, uh, and you do notice when people are not even thinking about observing their own behaviors or how they are. And those people are the easiest to say goodbye to. And, and they are. And the thing that I've tried to instill, at least in my life and maybe in others' lives, is not that I'm one to write somebody off because, I mean, it takes a lot to do that. In my, in my opinion, but if, if somebody is going to be around you that is constantly being negative, constantly just putting you down, constantly, you know, just doom and gloom, I call them Eeyore moments, right? If somebody's constantly doing that, like, why is a Tigger or somebody that's kind of trying to stay positive? Why, why would you want to be around that? Like, I, that to yeah. me is, it's foreign. Yeah. So, so that's the thing that I, that I try hard to do. Now, here's the thing. Uh, that's why I love my wife so much. One of she has amazing traits. One of the traits that she has is she's really good at pinpointing that your moment for me. And is like, do you do you really you really want to act like that right now? <laughs> do you really want to do that? Like, I mean, we've all laughed at the Snickers commercial, right? Do you need a Snickers, right? Mine is like yes. the ten percent moment, like when our phone gets to ten percent. I don't know about anybody else, but you start freaking out. You're like, I gotta get a charger. I gotta get a charger. Like, oh my god, my phone's gonna die, right? <laughs> So we start panicking, right? So I'm wondering like in my life, like when I get upset or when, when stuff bugs me or a guy cuts me off, I'm like, is that a 10% moment in my life? Like, am yes, I freaking out I because I don't have a charger because I haven't gotten fulfilled? There could be some element to that. And so yeah, that's absolutely. what I've been trying to work within as well is just recognizing, hey, this is a 10% moment. I just need to take a moment, plug in and get a little bit of recharged. That's awesome. That is really great. I love that 10% moment because we've all had it. Um, before we get into the next segment where we're going to talk a little bit about hardship and overcoming obstacles and kind of the feed the machine ingredient to this episode, I want to say, um, if you think about it, when you learn to ride a bicycle, right, you, you for sure did not know how to ride the bike, but you were a kid definitely not too worried about getting injured because you kept getting on the bicycle and you were committed to riding the bicycle. And so you have that everyone who's ever ridden a bicycle can definitely figure out that mindset that they were on where it's like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Crash. Got to get on it again. Crash. 
but the goal is to freaking ride the bike. And I think that as adults, sometimes we have to remember like that, that, that tunnel vision of going like, that's what I want. Thank God I can recognize that I want it and then begin working towards that. And, and that can go in relationships, but it can also go into milestones of what you're trying to accomplish in your work life or for personal development. Yeah. So is this a part where I tell you, I don't know how to ride a bike. Really? Holy man, so you. Okay. I was going to say, do you, have you ever pogo stick? <laughs> no, I'm messing with you. Yeah. No, I, I think you're absolutely onto something. And I think to me, you, you know, there is the element of that, right? But the, the part that I think I struggle with and maybe others have struggled with is the word we don't really like to talk about a lot. We like to talk about it in kind of roundabout kind of theoretical kind of things. Right. And that's the word, what failure. Is that what we like to, to kind of skip over? We, we don't really want to think about the word failure or I've failing or I've fallen. You know, we, we don't like the F word and I'm, talking kind of probably both maybe at this point. But the thing that I'm wondering about uh, that I guess I keep pushing forward is, and I'm trying to find this quote so I can like say it, say it clearly enough that I came across actually uh, with a guest kind of, it made me think of it when I read it years ago. And it says, you are built on failure. By the way, I, I'm curious if you, without Googling it, tell me who said this, by the way, because it, it blew my mind when I found out who it was, if it's truly attributed to this person. Okay. So you are built on failure. Use it as a stepping stone. Close the door on the past. Do not forget. Sorry, something popped up on my screen. Do not forget. Do not forget the past mistakes. Do not dwell on them. No, don't let them have any more energy or time or space. Oprah Winfrey. Nope. Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. Mr. Walk the Line himself. When I found out Johnny Cash said that, one, I want to make sure that it is really him. Of course, we can't know for yeah. sure because he passed. But, but when I thought about that, I thought, man, how much failure did he walk through? Hmm. How much did he really have to finally say, no, I'm going to use this as stepping stones to close the door on that past, to forget those mistakes, to not dwell on them anymore, to not have any more energy taken up by them or time or space or any of that. And so to me, when I think of failure or what you're describing, I really want my life to be thought of in that respect, that I just use them as stepping stones to continue on down the road. Beautiful. And so I know that all of us experience things where, whether it's real or made up, we just feel like the shit has hit the fan so bad. Or in some cases, there's a loss and there is no coming back from it in your life with your faith. And even before the podcast ever came about, what moments in your life, when you really think about having to overcome something what what is it and what did you ultimately find out that you think was your philosophy to get through it wow um so i was at a church i was on staff and um we had just come out of an easter time kind of celebration and for those that grew up in the church or you know our church people you know the easter service much like christmas is kind of like the super bowl for the church, right? It's a big deal. It's a big day. Everyone comes. It's a big celebration. 
And um, I had worked, again, I was on staff, so I'd worked a ton that week. You know, pastors just don't throw up on Sunday and, and do their job. For those that don't know, just didn't want to wreck that for you, but that is uh, actually a true, true thing that takes place. And especially youth pastors, we're a little different. We're a little, you know, cut from a different cloth. So it had just been a really long week. And so knowing that coming off of Easter, the pastor said, my senior pastor, he, so kind of like my boss, um, said, Hey, why don't you take a couple of days off? And I was like, okay, cool. And so in those taking a couple of days off, which was great, it was, you know, restful and things like that. I fell into some really old habits and, uh, you know, some habits that I'm not really proud of even to this day, but, but some habits that I think all guys struggle with on some level, I'll just kind of leave it at that. If you want to know more about that, you can reach out to me and I'll go maybe more into my story, but, but in those habits, you know, I lost sight of who I was because I was so just tired and fatigued and I'm, I don't blame it on anybody. I don't blame it on the church. I don't blame it on any, but me. I made the choices that I made. And in those habits, you know, they manifested themselves. And then, you know, my wife found out about them and, you know, I, I, you know, I did share with her that, that, that had happened after she found, you know, some stuff. And, you know, in that I ended up losing my job. Uh, as a pastor, as an associate pastor, I ended up walking away, eventually ended up walking away from the church that I had pastored uh, or, you know, was an associate with. And it took a lot of years of finally just saying to myself, God still loves you. God still values you. You still have a voice and can use your voice to share what he has done in your life. And it's taken a long time to get to that point. I mean, that was almost 10 years ago now, 11 years ago to finally even feel comfortable sharing it even in this platform or any platform. But I know that if I don't share it, that story continues to have power over my life mm-hmm. and continues to have a place and a space like we were just talking about with Johnny Cash, which it doesn't, it doesn't get to have that power or place anymore. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I know that's not easy, but it's so obvious to me as from the outside that your outlook of that moment in your life is from an observer's point of view. Now it's not submersed. So it doesn't identify you. It doesn't, it's not stuck on you. It's this experience that you, it's funny because People often, there's things that happen in our lives and, you know, I, I, I sometimes bring up time machines because you think like, I would have, should have, could have, I could have done that and I would have and, but guess what? You can't and you wouldn't because if you could have, you would have, right? It's like, it's like there's something liberating in being aware of something, but also realizing that you made a decision to not continue to suffer, so, so there's this suffering that's happening. And sometimes, and, and, and I was just reading, uh, one of my friends on Facebook was posting about how learning something about a relationship caused it to end, right? And the whole point is, is that we have to make difficult decisions. And those difficult decisions are what takes something like, like this experience you had and ultimately what comes next, right? It's either you evolve and you get better and you observe it and, and go, I noticed this happened. Or there's 
the worst case scenario, which is which is where a lot of people live, and I think everybody's trying to get out of where you identify that you're in it and it's you and you're that thing. And it's like, no, like all great stories, you you have this roller coaster of life. And how else would you know? Absolutely right. And you know, obviously, as I said, it's it's taken a while to get to the point to even share it right there's there's a little bit of vulnerability there there's a little bit of embarrassment Mm -hmm. that i allowed myself to walk that road to you know as i often say to wear those shoes right but you know here's the best part about that story for me there not that there's such a thing as a happily ever after because i don't i don't necessarily subscribe to that channel per se i mean this isn't a hallmark movie or a lifetime movie where you know it's, it's none of that but but, you know, I, I didn't end up losing my marriage. I did not. I just want to emphasize that I did not end up losing my marriage. You know, I'm married to an amazing woman, a very loving and forgiving woman who still saw the best in me and wanted the best for me and wanted to continue to love me and support me and, you know, walk as painful as it was for both of us to walk through that time together mm-hmm. where we easily could have said, she easily could have said, peace out. I'm, I'm, I'm done, you know? And, and she had in, in some respects, probably every right to right now, again, our faith would maybe speak against that, but you know, she still is a human being. She still could have made those choices, but she chose not to, which I am forever grateful for the other happy ending to that. Uh, again, I, I use that very loosely is, you know, the pastor and I were able to on a podcast, ironically enough, um, sit down and have almost a restoration type forgiveness episode because I ended up leaving the church. And when I left the church, it was not, I did not leave it. Well, um, I was angry. I was very hurt. I was very, you know, uh, for those that know me intimately, you know, I'm very kind of an emotional person and, and it was very scarring. Again, I made those choices. I did what I did you know, I, and I blame the church wrongfully in that respect, wrongfully for what they chose to do in, in terminating my, well, asking for my resignation in that they had every right to do that. So in that, you know, I, I got a chance to walk back down that road as painful as it was with my former, you know, boss, so to speak, the senior pastor and had probably the most amazing conversation I've probably had with him in all the years of ever serving with him and, and next to him. And, and to me, that is, this is all beautiful. Yeah. Recorded. Yes. Yeah. People can go listen to that. That episode is actually at the time. So this is probably now, I mean, it's, it's been a while since it's been out for a while, but at the time when it released, it jumped to my top 10 episodes of most downloaded. So it's, it's pretty powerful. And people have gone and listened to it and they're like, Oh my gosh, that was so powerful. I didn't know that you went through that Neil. And I'm like, well, because it was the first time I'd really put myself kind of in my own shoes. Right. I kind of walked through my own shoes and and pain. And he was so gracious in that his name's Lee Gregory. And he is so gracious in the interview the whole time. Like I'm nervous. I don't rarely get nervous. You know, I've, I've talked to some not some major celebrities, but I've talked to some pretty cool people through, through these last two years in podcasting. And I think today, uh, other than my dad, I was probably the most nervous with him. So yeah, wow. that is available. If people want to go listen to it, it's called, uh, what, what, what did I, I don't even remember the name of it. All right. It's, uh, it's, uh, you lost me uh, season finale is what it's called. 
Wow. So check that out. Again. For sure. Check it out. Other people's shoes. Um, quick, quick thing. So in these moments of, so I, I have a friend, a guy that I know that had a major issue with something very kind of um, embarrassing for him. It was public and there's shame that's associated with it, embarrassment, but you don't just jump off a bridge. You got to like put your shoes back on and start walking and you, yeah. you can redeem. Back up. Yeah, for sure. So what, before we close it out and all of that, what would you say are just components that any of us that you would share with any of us about things to think about if you're going through that right now, or if somebody yeah. has, has still, they've got all this guilt and remorse and they're suffering. Yeah. I, I think step one, uh, if we're going to take, take a staircase analogy, if you will, I think step one for me would definitely be accountability. You know, get guys around you. I, I mentioned not having great relationships with guys. That was part of, I think, what led me down that road is because I never let men into my life intimately. Like I had guys around me, but I had some boys that I'd hang out with, but not to the intimate level that I'm striving for now. And so I think step one is get guys around you, you know, whether, and they can't be virtual, no disrespect to our buddy, buddy Sean, even though I know I could call him to tomorrow or even in this moment and, and he could be there over the phone, but there's something different about having that physical, you know, shoulder to shoulder, you know, some people called it a welded together moment, right? To have guys around that. I have a great friend, his name's Rob Hansen, and he has become, you know, a brother from another mother uh, for me. And, and I love Rob dearly. And Rob and I actually did an episode that, that he did that, that tells a very similar story that I have uh, just a different level. Rob wasn't on staff at a church, but but even in Rob's episode, by the way, that is still the number four episode most downloaded. Uh, that's how powerful Rob's story is in that respect. So, so what I would say is get guys around you, step one. Step two would be, even though you got guys around you, you still got to verbalize that, hey, I, this is a weak area for me, right? And, and, and as much as I love my wife, again, she's brilliant. She's amazing. She's only made one real bad mistake in her life, and that's choosing this yet. Uh, just kidding. But... Uh, but your wife, your girlfriend, your significant person can't be that that accountability person. They just can't. You're putting too much pressure on them to be your to be your watchdog, to be your you know to be your bro. Your wife is not meant to be your bro. Just mm -hmm. you know, just want to tell you that. <laughs> you don't do what you do with your wife with your bro. I'm just saying. You, you know, yeah. or vice versa. But but my point is 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 you know again, get guys around you, get accountability. Find that person that is going to call you and check in with you daily. Have that daily check-in kind of or weekly check-in to, to be there. So there's the accountability element. I think the other element to you or for me was being able to talk about it as part of it, I think is another step. But then the other step is reminding yourself that you are valuable, that you still do matter, and that you still have a vital role to play in this and that not allowing those negative thoughts or that negative energy, some would say, to come in and creep into your life. Again, going back to Johnny Cash, using those as stepping stones to keep moving forward. And so I think those are at least three elements that I can think of. I mean, there's so many more. People can reach out to me if they're interested in, in knowing more about what I do. You know, I, I do. I, I And here's the wacky part that, that's probably going to blow people's minds. My phone is open to my wife at any moment. She could look at my phone 
She could look through my messages. She could look through whatever. There's an intimacy there that she she has that ability. So I, I think there there has to be an element of that as well. So yeah, well that is really terrific. I thank you for sharing all of this and um, walking in other people's shoes. It's a podcast. You can find it also on Facebook. OPE is really kind of a yeah. We say OPS because I I feel OPS, like yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's I was right. thinking OPE. Like- yeah, you know me. Yeah, other people's property, but I, but I feel like you know, somebody said to me once, oh, OPS. They're like, isn't that like op- special operations, like like military special operations? I was like, I was like, you know what? I never even thought about that because my dad's former military, former Marine, super fi. But I thought about that. I was like, you know what? I kind of am on a mission, like I'm on yeah. a special operations, you know, mission That's to cool. find shoes and. So anyway, I kind of stole from that. I don't even know who it was, but they shared it with me recently. So well, OPS podcast. I should have read it right behind your head. I was gonna say, head. dude, I yeah. got a Like I know it's backwards, but yeah. I don't know. No, I have. A, I'm very. I have a. I'm. I basically admit to my lazy brain that happens. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. really, I I I really try to run at fifty percent optimization over here. <laughs> But, right. um, but, but anyway, well, I want to thank you. I think it's great. I really enjoyed being on your show. I enjoy listening to your pods and, uh, and thank you so much, Neil Matthews. Absolutely, buddy. It's my pleasure. Uh, I just, I, I, I hope whatever I brought, brought some value, brought some encouragement to somebody. Cause that's what I'm all about is, is trying to help people realize that they don't have to be stuck where they are in the shoes that they're wearing, that they can really walk in other people's shoes and get that new perspective that maybe they've been after or looking for. So love it. So OPSpodcast.com. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm going to close this thing out. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, buddy. Thanks again, Warren. Thank you. Peace out. Yep. See you. Bye. Bye.